My friend Nico tells us what we need to know about wine. DaleWileyShow.com. That looks like that worked perfectly. Wonderful. So give me just a second, and then I'll sure. I'll bring you in. Okay. So we're here this afternoon with um, a friend of mine, Nicole Miller Kurt. Um, I know her as Nico, and she is on the. Uh, tell me the exact terminology, Nico. Well. I'm on the beverage team at Reed's American Table. I'm one of the junior psalms under um, Andre Ivanov, who is one of the uh, leading advanced psalms here in St. Louis. Um, I'm, I joined the team to uh, kind of further my uh, progression within uh, learning about wine, and, um, you know, you have to surround yourself with the best to uh, get better, right? So, okay, um, and, and, and Reed's American Table is a new restaurant in St. Louis, and it's certainly gotten high praise from, from all corners. And so here's our thing. You're you're meeting somebody and they don't know much about wine at all, but they want to go to a party and they want to say something that will make them sound like they're not totally illiterate about wine. So what do they need to say to well, make themselves smart? Depending on the situation. Now, um, one of the things that, you know, it's a fall safe go-to is champagne goes with everything. And it's true. You can pair it with just about every course and it's going to work, especially if you're doing it with food okay. because it is a high acid uh, type of wine. And it's great with food because of that. Now, in a dining situation, if, you know, someone goes out to dinner and, you know, they want to explore uh, different wines and, and they don't feel – 100% comfortable, that's okay. Um, this new wave of uh, wine professionals and just industry professionals, uh, it's great what they're doing because they're trying to take the intimidation factor out of it. And, and if, if you ask me, that's their number one job uh, because it's all about the consumer. Um, so there are some pointed questions that I would recommend someone going to the table with. Uh, first of all, saying, you know, I'm not very uh, familiar, but I want to learn. Now, the palate is something that is, is ever-evolving, be it for food, drink, what have you. So, I mean, I didn't start out drinking Blockbuster Cabs. My palate wasn't prepared for that. So it's kind of a baby steps program for it. I think block, say, Blockbuster video, does that make a difference? Can I say that? Uh, I think that's a fossil now. Um, oh, I, don't, okay. I don't see those anymore. Oh, um, but, um, out of time again. What's that? I'm out of time again. Dang it. Oh, so. it's okay. I mean, I can do this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But what I'm saying is, so you got somebody, and let's say they get the the snob, and, oh, they're talking about how, oh, it tastes like gravel and some dirt and, and you know, asphalt or whatever they say that, makes, that, that they think makes them sound really special. And what well, do you say to stay in the conversation? Well, with, with that, I mean, there are those nuances in the wines. Um, and, you know, people pick up different things in wines than other people. Like women, for instance, we taste better than men. Because I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it is about our um, chemical makeup that, you know, certain things jump out to us more so than men. Um, <clears throat> but there's really no wrong answer except for there are certain uh, types of fruits that go with certain types of wines. So for white wines, you're looking at citrus fruits, 
you know, lemon is always something that you can say, and it's usually going to be in a white wine. There's also, <laughs> there's usually orchard fruits, especially like things like Chardonnay. And when I say orchard fruit, I mean things that are grown on a tree, like apples, pears, uh, things like that, um, that you're going to see in that. Um, there's also like tropical fruits and things like that. And we don't need to go full detail on that, but those indicators, those, some of those fruits, especially tropical fruits, are going to tell you you know, those are going to be, uh, you know, kind of hallmarks for certain wines, like new world wines are going to have more tropical fruit. Old world wines are going to have more orchard fruit. Now, old world and new world, old world is basically everything in Europe. New world is basically everything that's not. Um, and then when you get into red wines, you're going to get dark uh, black fruits, plums, purple fruits, something called bramble fruits, like raspberries and blackberries. Um, so all of these Fruit characteristics, um, you know, they color-wise, they align with whites and reds, uh, respectively. Um, and then you get into other things like oak, and, you know, we could really kind of delve into this further than we have five minutes for, but something that we could discuss further on down the line. But when it comes to those fruits, just kind of know that there are, you know, type A, type B for each one kind of a thing. Okay. Now, let's say that somebody wants to kind of set up their bachelor pad or their new home or something like that, give me three or four bottles of wine that maybe don't cost a fortune but mm -hmm. would kind of run the gamut and, and provide <clears throat> you know, something to do. Well, um, you know, I like doing varietal comparisons from, you know, like calves from uh, Bordeaux are going to have certain characteristics to it, and then calves from California are going to be juicier. You're going to have warmer climate, so it's going to end up, you know, pulling out more of those bigger fruits. So I think a good Cab Merlot blend is nice to have, and that's going to be kind of like a main course, big protein kind of a thing. Okay. Because give me, some, give me some examples, like, you know, about um, well, um, there, there's a myriad of them. Um, I really like, uh, out, out of uh, California, anything Napa um, is going to have a really big juice fruit factor going on. Um, it's just a matter of what you're in the mood to spending. Now, there are a couple different places here in St. Louis that you can go and they will customize that for you. I really love the people at the Wine Merchant uh, because they have, you know, $12 bottles on up. Um, uh -huh. It's just a matter of your taste. Um, okay, so I really love Pinot Grigio's. Give me a good $20 bottle of wine that you've seen. Give me a white and a red $20 bottle of wine that just knocks your socks off. Um, okay, I love Sauvignon Blanc, uh, but I like French Sauvignon Blanc. It's called Sancerre. Uh, those two words are synonymous with one another. Uh, there's a Lucien Crochet. Um, that is 100% Sauvignon Blanc. It's grapefruit. It's crisp. It's clean. It's one of those things that we call a patio pounder. And that's going to be in your $15 to $20 range. Um, for a, a really good cab, I mean, California is just riddled with them. Um, I, I personally like uh, – I can't think right now. <laughs> uh, uh, We'll get, I can edit this, so don't worry. Yeah, okay. I, um, I can't think right now. Um, okay. Well, let's let's stick with whites because if people are moving into the the wine, there is um, in northern Italy. It's called Alto Adige. 
Um, they make really, really good Pinot Grigios and things like that. Um, you know, I used to work at Robust, and we had a Rapido uh, Pinot Grigio, um, uh, but, uh, and it, it was crisp and clean and things like that. Um, there's a really cool wine that's in that 15 to $20 range called Kahina, K-A-H-I-N-A, and it's a Grenache and Syrah blend, but it's made in Morocco. And uh, that particular wine producer, his name's Bernard Magrez, he really pushes the envelope and he buys vineyard land in areas that don't typically grow grapes and he, like, does a magic trick and makes it happen. Um, so um, another really good tip, um, Portugal. Portugal's having this amazing renaissance right now. Um, Portugal has always been known for ports or fortified wines, which are sweeter, sometimes, you know, high, definitely higher alcohol. But these, these vineyards are overgrown with these port grape varieties. And so it's kind of hard for them to say there's 75% of this grape, blah, blah, blah. So they're doing field blends. And rather than fortifying them, they're just doing them as still wines. Um, and their prices are amazing. I'm talking like, you can get a really good daily drinker for 7 to $15. And there are two main regions, um, Douro, which is named after the river. Uh, it's spelled D-O-U-R-O. And if you think about it, it kind of rhymes, Douro and Bordeaux. So the reds from that area are very similar to Bordeaux-style, bigger, juicier reds. They don't have nearly as much oak at times. Um, sometimes they do. Um, but... It's a really great value. And then the same thing, there's another area within Portugal called the Dao, D-A-O, and they're more Burgundian. When I say Burgundian, like Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, uh, Chardonnays that, that aren't oaked a whole lot. Um, and so you're getting these really great, you know, everyday drinkers because, you know, I, I may or may not have an everyday bottle. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to divulge that. But, you know, you don't want to spend $20 a day on – on a bottle, maybe you do. Um, I personally don't. Um, and you uh, don't have to spend an arm and a leg to have a really great bottle of wine. Uh-huh. Well, and, and that just seems to be, I mean, there does seem to be the emphasis on just how many more, um, you know, varieties there are and just how many more uh, people in the business than there used to be. And all I really care about is, does it make me look better to the ladies if it does that then (laughs) well i mean there are a few books out there um that i think are really great uh that make you just a better consumer a more knowledgeable consumer um there's a book called um windows of the world by kevin zraley z-r-a-l-y apostrophe yeah Anyway, he had a wine school on the top of the uh, World Trade Center. Sadly, they lost a lot of people that day. But his book is continuing. It's written in a very easily, uh, you know, it's easy to read. You know, it has really great producers from each region, great vintages. It's kind of a a, a go-to. And that was actually the first book that I read cover to cover when I started this journey. Okay. And um, any other resources that you like? Well, I mean, everyone says the Wine Bible. I use that mostly as a um, reference guide. I bought that book before Kevin Zraeli, and I was like, ah, I'm not ready for this. It literally has everything yeah, I, in there. My wine Bible, 
my wine Bible is is a paperweight. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a paperweight. Um, it, it's huge. Um, you know, if you're wanting to learn how to taste, Jancis Robinson, she has a book called How to Taste. And, you know, if you want to have just like a little fun little wine tasting party with your girlfriends or, you know, whatever, group of friends, couples, it has like little exercises and you get, it'll tell you, you know, get get great, get wines from this region and that region, put them in a glass side by side and you'll be able to see the difference because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's a trial and error situation where you try this one, see how you like it and you compare it. And what, what don't you, you have to ask yourself these questions. What do I love about it? What do I hate about it? Where do I go from here? And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of really... What about the bottle? Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, what? I didn't I, have no, anything go else. go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, it's fine. You're good. Oh, okay. Well, I want to <laughs> ask you, if, if my date wants Moscato with a lot of ice cubes and a straw, what should I do? Get it for her. I mean, you know, there are <laughs> there, there are go. certain... There are certain, you know, quote-unquote faux pas, but ultimately she's paying for that, or you're paying for it, I would hope. You know, if that's Whoever, what you like, yeah. if that's what you like, then that's what you like. Now, I will say this. There are some tricks out there because the whole thing about putting ice in wine is that it's going to dilute the wine. Um, but sure. I found a little trick that I do for my mom and for other people. Um, get white grapes, like the green grapes, and get red grapes and freeze them. Wash them, of course, first. Uh But when you, if someone wants to have a more chilled down wine, throw those frozen grapes in there because it's not going to dilute the wine. Wow. It's just a fun little tip. There you go. All right. Well, um, that's great, Nico. We'll have you back on sometime soon. We'll talk more about this. It's just great to hear all the wonderful information you've got for us. So thanks a lot. Well, thanks for having me. I look forward to this. This is fun. DaleWileyShow.com Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Ozark Jubilee. the Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfit Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. <laughs> okay, I had just started uh, my solo career, and right. there was a big article in the newspaper, and Johnny called me, and ABC said, uh, we want you to come on, uh, do a show for us at Prender's Alley. So I did. Then next day they offered me to be a regular at seven shows or on the premiere with Bob Dylan and him. I right. said, well, I'm going to start a new career. Why not? If I, if I can't stand with the big boys and girls, I shouldn't be trying. That's <laughs> the biggest the boys career. and the biggest girls, no doubt about yeah. it. That was oh, I'm, And I stood. 
I stood my ground, you know what I mean? Definitely. It was the best decision I ever made in my career. <laughs> yes. Uh, what to tell you that, that you're like? Oh, what a sweetheart. She even wrote on for me about me. <laughs> she was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I was just, I guess they knew who I was through a skin dog, but this was my first thing with the velvet suits and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Did you know Dylan before that, or was that when you first No, I'd never met Dylan before, no. Okay. I knew Cash since 1955. Okay. We've been friends, you know, and Rustin right. Doug had toured with them. But I didn't yeah. know Dylan. <laughs> Tell me about story. Him. What was he like? Oh, he was great. He's so shy. Him and I just played. As a matter of fact, he, he, he went to the hotel. He asked me, he said, man, he said, I don't know. He said, you guys are dressed up a lot. And he was just in his jeans and stuff. I said, well, what's wrong with that? He said, well, he said, you got in his velvet. We went to my hotel room. He tried every damn velvet. Pretty soon I said, boss, <laughs> I've never met you to, just till this week, but why don't you just go on at Bob Dylan? DaleWileyShow.com.